All right, welcome again to Discovery Church. Make some noise if you're excited to be in God's house. Come on. Yeah. Awesome. We're beginning a brand new series today called Outpouring, and we've been praying for this for a few months now for God to, it's not just a series, by the way, it's a season that we're entering in. As we come out of summer into August, it kind of turns the, the page of a whole new season at Discovery where we not only realign and readjust, but as we enter into September all the way through the rest of this year, this last season of the year for us, it is such a harvest season where we see so many people come to know Jesus and come back to church. For some reason, this season of the year is the biggest harvest. So we all just kind of adjust and realign out of the what I call the summer slumps. You get out in the summer slumps. We just need to come back and pursue God again. Amen. We're in this series called Outpouring. We'll be in for four weeks as we navigate through 21 days of prayer as well. Here's our theme verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 21. And I'm going to be unpacking this over the next few weeks, you guys. It says this, in the last days, God says, by the way, when's the last days? When is the last, like, does anyone know when the last, last days are? Sometimes we read this in the scriptures and we go, well, that's for them. It's not for me. So listen to me, biblically, when you see the last days, the last days began when Jesus resurrected. That is like, and there's several verses that actually say this is the last days. It's the beginning of the end of days or the last days. And I believe like what we're in now is like we're getting towards the end of the last days. But so, so when we read verses like this, when we read in the Bible, when you see last days, be careful. Don't think like, well, that's, that's a different time, not this time. No, this is for you. When it says last days, it means your days. Amen, somebody? So, so look at this. In the last days, your day, your day, today, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on who? On all people. That's this day. God wants to pour out his spirit. And he says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And not just because they're sleeping longer. He's talking about an outpouring of the spirit that is so great that he begins to show you things that you, could, that you, could know, you cannot see in your own eyes. I will show wonders and signs in heaven and on earth. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, we're going to unpack this. What is this. What is this outpouring of God's spirit, the fullness of God's spirit throughout this series? I'm going to talk to you about how to cultivate the anointing in your life. You know you can cultivate it. You can cultivate the anointing. We're going to talk about the gifts of the spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit. But here's my prayer, you guys. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. I've been praying this for us and for you, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, and it was actually written to the church at Ephesus, and he wrote this letter to them. And this was a prayer that he wrote. He wrote down his prayer to that church, and I've been making it my prayer for you guys. Check this out. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Somebody say power. Oh, man, I pray that you... Man, you need power to live for God in this day. In these last days that we're living in, you need power to handle what the enemy is throwing at you and what life is throwing at you, not by might nor by spirit. Look, nor by our power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. You need God's power. I pray that you would have power that together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure 
of all, look at this, the fullness of God. Did you know that there was a fullness of God? Did you know you can have a little bit of God? You can get a little taste, but there's a full measure. Did you know that? There's a whole nother measure. Here's the title of today's message. Fill me up. Okay, I want us to say this, like, like I hope, and the reason why I titled it like this is because I want this to be your prayer, and today I'm just trying to stir it. That's all it is today. I'm going to stir you up today that, at the, that, you would, that this would become your prayer. One, two, three. We're going to say it out loud together. Come on. One, two, three. Fill me up. There is another measure that God wants to pour out to you. Let me show you some things in the book of Acts here. Acts chapter 1 uh, records the last kind of moments of Jesus. This is after his death, after his resurrection. He's already kind of been around on earth for a while, and he's about to, you know, ascend into heaven. And this, Acts chapter 1, records the final words of Jesus to his disciples, to which would be, I would think that's pretty important, right? The final words to his disciples should carry a lot of weight for us. Check it out, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with the disciples, he gave this command. Do not leave Jerusalem... But wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now look what it says next, <laughs> the disciples. They completely changed the subject. He's like, you're going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and they asked, well, Lord, um, are, are you at this time going to restore your kingdom to Israel yet? We're still confused about this, Jesus. They're still, like, they're not getting it still. They're still wanting Jesus to overthrow the Roman government. They still don't understand how the kingdom is going to be operating and the power that it's supposed to be operating. They're thinking still overthrow it by strength. And Jesus is telling them, it's not by strength. You need a power. You need, you need kingdom power. So they change the subject, and Jesus is like, uh, you guys, uh, he said to them, it's not for you to know. And I think that's where most Christians experience their faith, just like the disciples are trying to know. Most Christians, like just trying to know if I can just know it, if I can just understand it a little bit more, if I can just really know what's going on and what's next and what's happening then. Let me just kind of understand, Jesus. Let me know the plan here, what, how. And this is where most Christians experience their faith and where these guys were at, they wanted to know. And he said, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive what? There that word is again. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, that's the condition. A spirit-empowered life, to live a spirit-empowered life, the Holy Spirit must come on you. Okay? So in order for us to live spirit-empowered, you can't do that by yourself. You need this spirit to come upon you for you to live a spirit-empowered life. And he says, and when you do that, man, you're going to be my witness. You're going you're gonna, to, you're gonna, it'll work through you. There's power. Let me show you the Greek word for this power. That Greek word is dunamis. That's where we get dynamite from, this explosive energy, this explosive force. What it literally means is a supernatural ability or supernatural strength, this spirit-empowered life. He told his disciples, who had been with him for three years, mind you, they've been with him for three years, their three-year train. They went through a three-year training program with Jesus. Don't do anything, he said, until you have the power of God working on the inside of you. His education, this modeling that I did for you, this, this teaching I did with you, which what I showed you, it's not enough. You need to be spirit-empowered, and the Holy Spirit needs to come on you. So here's what I want you to know today. Listen to me. Please receive this. There is more. 
No matter where you're at today and what you think you know, what you got up here and what you think you have, I'm here to tell you today that there is more of God for your life. There is more power. There is more strength. There is more anointing. And you know, the two biggest reasons why I see people who are not living, they're settling for less than what God has for them. Two big reasons. They got a wrong view of themselves or they got a wrong view of God. And some of you, you have the wrong view of yourself, the way you see yourself. You don't see yourself as someone who, who is able to actually walk with that kind of anointing and that kind of power. It must be someone else because you know you better than maybe I know you or they know you. And God knows the real you. And you're like, you got this view of yourself that is, see, you, you got the wrong view. You view your future through your past. You view your, your, your purpose through your, your pain. But when you let the enemy interpret what's going on in your life, you're going to always end up with a deficit. You know that? Which is like the enemy, will, he'll make you see your future through the lens of your flaws and the lens of your mistakes and your, your issues. He'll have you look at your whole life through the lens of one situation. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit, you guys. That's why we need the Spirit of God. Because when the Holy Spirit is your interpreter, Come on, somebody. When you let the Holy Spirit interpret your life, he understands that the things that you're going through, those negative experiences, it's not the end of the story. There is more, somebody. There is more. God has more. God has more. God has more. We have a wrong view of ourselves, or we have a wrong view of God. We have a wrong. So, and, and I think like for a lot of Christians, still, this is still the most vague part of their Christianity. Like, we understand salvation. We understand Jesus. We understand God the Father. But when it comes to this Holy Spirit, this Spirit pouring out, and a Spirit-empowered life, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's still a lot of confusions. And if you would read the Bible in the book of Acts, they were constantly trying to get all the leaders in the book of Acts, they were constantly trying to get people who believed to encounter and to have a relationship with the third person of the Trinity. The third person of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. And still, there's a lot of confusion. I'm going to do my best today to put aside the confusion, to put aside the fear that, that maybe some of us have because of what we saw or what we experienced or, or, or some negative things or maybe even some misunderstandings that we might have and just to whet your appetite to more. Amen, somebody? I just, that's all it is today. Today, I just want to whet your appetite for the journey we're going on, that there is more. And I could have used a bunch of stories to teach this and to study this with you in scriptures throughout the Bible, but I decided to focus on two of them. Can we do a little Bible study together real quick? You guys, come on. Acts chapter 19 in your notes. It'll be up here as well. Acts chapter 19 says this. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road to the interior and arrived at that church, he planted Ephesus. When we read the prayer about, that's like he arrived at Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. Now check this out. They're already Christians. These are disciples. They're Christians. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. What are you talking about? We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And that's still the case for thousands of people today, that they're, listen, they're saved and going to heaven, but they don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Say, like they're, they're, but who is, I don't know. And Paul says, well, then what baptism did you receive? And baptism means immersion. So what he's asking is, then what are you immersed in right now? What are you immersed in right now? And John, they said, John's baptism. Paul said, 
Well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, which is the baptism of water to which the apostle Paul would say, that's good, that's a great one, that's an important one. In fact, that's the most important one because that gets you into heaven to believe and put your faith in Jesus. That's, that's great. And he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, look at this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, I don't know why, all throughout the Bible, there's a releasing of touch. There's a, we're physical creatures, and for some reason, sometimes there's, there's something is released when you get in proximity. So God would send people. He wouldn't just have them pray across a nation or across a city. He'd have them send and go directly to their room and lay a hand. God could do it. He could just speak a word and do it. Not Sometimes he does. But oftentimes, he'll send someone to lay a hand. He'll send someone to get in your proximity or get you in the room. Come on, somebody. He'll get you in the room to receive what he wants you to receive. And he says he placed his hand on them and they experienced something else. The spirit came on them. Remember, remember, the spirit-empowered life. This is, the, this is essential. In order to live a spirit-empowered life, the Holy Spirit must come on us. And here they are. The spirit comes on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. We're going to talk about all this. We're going to unpack this. I ain't going to say I'm not going to unpack that today. We're going to unpack it in the weeks to come, you guys. What is all this stuff, okay? Let me, get, let me show you another one. Acts chapter 8. It says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God, and he preached Jesus, and they, they, they were baptized. They, they believed, men and women. So that's salvation. They got saved, right? Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that a bunch of people got saved in Samaria and accepted the word of God, they sent the big dogs, man. They sent the apostles, Peter and John, to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them. So they got on proximity. They went there. They actually, they didn't pray from there. They went there. They said, I got to get in the room with these people and pray for them so they might receive even more. Someone say, there's more. Even more the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands upon them. Again, the condition, spirit and power of life, they received the Holy Spirit, to which some people say, why didn't God put this in one package? Why put salvation, and I get saved, and I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, like I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. Whenever you get saved, listen, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The moment you get saved, he does. But then there's another fullness. There's another measure. Why didn't God, why didn't God put that all together? Some people ask, let me, let me answer that for you. Because God did not want there to be any prerequisite or anything to get in the way of you accepting salvation in Christ. There is nothing that you can do. It is a free gift, not by any kind of work. You receive Jesus and you are saved. That's it. But listen to me. That's the beginning of your spiritual journey, not the end of your spiritual journey. There is more. I'm preaching better than you're responding again today. Like, I hope to just stir that. Like, I know I'm going to heaven. But I want more. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I know I got Jesus. I know I'm going to heaven. But I know there's more. And I want it. I want more. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, don't grieve God. Did you know you can do that? You can grieve God. Which begs the question, like, how then? How could I grieve God? How could we break his heart, right? Look what it says. His Holy Spirit, look at this. He wants to be moving and breathing in you, like move. He can be the most intimate part of your life. And look at this. When you have that, the Holy Spirit moving, breathing in you, he's the one who makes you fit for himself. You don't make yourself fit for him. He makes you fit. It's him moving and breathing in you. And he says, man, don't take, don't take such a gift for granted. And I love the message paraphrase of this verse, Ephesians 4, 
30 because, it, because he says moving and breathing in you because that's the biblical word for spirit. So when you see the word spirit in the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew word, which is a lot of the, most of the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, the Hebrew word is ruach. You got to get that thing, ruach, okay? And, and, it, and it, it literally means a, a, a breath. So when you see spirit in the Old Testament, it's talking about this breath, this, this wind, ruach. And then in the New Testament, you see the word spirit, the New Testament, it was written in Greek. The Greek word you see there is pneuma, pneuma. And that word is wind or, or breath or a blast of wind. And the picture is this. There's a, a beautiful word picture of, of like, of you in this paddle boat and you got the oar and you're like, you're just, you're, you're just fighting the current. You're trying and trying and trying and, and you don't have to fight the current. You can have wind moving you. You, you can have breath instead of being out of breath all the time. Come on, somebody. You don't have to fight the current and fight. And I got I to gotta fix this. I got to be better. And I got to do it. I got to come to church. And I got to one-year Bible plan. I can't miss a one-year Bible plan. And, oh, I better not miss church. And I better not. I better not. I'm just going to fight, 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 fight. You don't have to do it yourself. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. There is a breath that can move you. There is a wind that can propel you. God has more. What is the more? Ephesians 5.18. Instead, you can go read it. He's like, here's what the Apostle Paul said in that, in that context of that verse. Instead, you're getting filled on a lot of stuff, he said. You're getting full of a lot of stuff. How about you try this? Instead, be full of the Spirit. Because you can say it this way. You can say it this way. You are full. Just what are you full of? So you're already full right now, Right? You got stuff in your life. Things are occupying the space of your mind, the space of your thoughts, the space of your, your life. I want to show you this illustration to help you see something a little bit differently. And hopefully you'll see this and understand this better after this. I want to show you the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and the immersion of the Holy Spirit. Y'all ready for this? Okay. I hope this, I hope this, this kind of explains a little bit. Okay. This is you. This is your vessel. This is your life. And it's filled with all kind of stuff, man. It's filled with our hurts, our pains, our disappointments, our discouragement. It's filled with, with um, our issues. It's filled with our habits. It's filled with all kinds of what people said about us, what we think about us. It's filled with all kind of stuff. But the Bible says when you, that Jesus is the living water. And when you accept Jesus into your life, something begins to happen, some things start to fall off, like, immediately when you accept Jesus. How many of how you ever, ever, did that happen? Like, when you accept Jesus, things just fell off, right? Right? But then there were some other things that stayed. Do you know what I mean? Like, some stuff stayed, and this is where you are indwelled. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, but there's still a part of your life that's dry. That's without breath. Which is why, on Sunday, you feel good, but then you're dry throughout the end of the week. You know what I'm saying? But if you were to decide today, God, I want more of you. I want to be filled with your spirit and your presence. You would experience the promise of a pour, a fresh outpouring. And, and God would fill you. And you would experience, when you start to get full of him, the things in your life start to fall off. Now listen, they didn't fall off because you worked them off. They fell off because the current of living water pushed them off. See, there are some things in your life that you're trying to pick out and move out. And God says, it is by my spirit working in you and flowing through you that I will remove and purify you. 
And even when something comes in your life, it don't penetrate, you know, because we're all imperfect and we do stuff. And, and it just, it's not going to my identity, though. I might have issues, but you know what? I'm full of him. This is, this is, a, this is your vest. This is you. Full, full. The, the, the indwelling of the Spirit, where you just have, you, you, got, you got him, you're saved, you're going to heaven. That's a one-time occurrence. It's for every believer. It's yours. You don't need to work for it. You don't need to do anything. It's one time. This you have to continue to fill your cup. You have to continuously fill your cup because you get poured out. and you get, We all have little holes, and it seeps and secretes, and you need to continue to fill. So, so this, is, this is the fullness. That was the indwelling. But what does it look like to be baptized in the Spirit, to be immersed in the Spirit? See, because I'm full of the Spirit. I'm not immersed in the Spirit. A good, a good uh, picture illustration of the baptism or the immersion of the Spirit is this. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not just full of God. There has been such an outpouring in my life that has flowed. I am immersed in the presence of God. Now, this, the baptism in the Bible is a one-time occurrence, but the fresh outpouring is always intended to overflow and affect everything around you. Amen, somebody? Do you receive that? You all see that? Amen. Okay, so that's the inspiration part of the message. Let me get to the um, steps. I got some steps. You know how I am. I'm very practical. I try to give you the, the education, the inspiration, but I got to, over the next four weeks, I want you to do these four things. This is what we're going to do. We're going on a journey together. We're going on a journey to more. We're going to get more of God, more of God, more of God. We want a fresh outpouring. God has more for me, and I'm inviting you to, and to start today, we're going to start today, these four things to get a fresh outpouring. Come on, how many of you are hungry for it? Okay, here it is. Number one, number one, we got to remove all these barriers that are separating us, that are dividing us from God, that are, that are preventing us. Whatever those are, man, we got to remove some. There's barriers, even among Christians. I'm talking about there's barriers between you and God. Some of them are your fault. Some of them are not your fault. Some of them other things have people have done. Some of you are turned off by the Holy Spirit. Some people are. They're turned off by the Holy Spirit, but they're not really turned off by the Holy Spirit. They're turned off by the packaging other people put them in. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't blame you, all right? Because some of the stuff that, that people do in the name of the Holy Spirit is just downright weird and goofy and silly, right? Yeah, I, let's, let's be honest. I don't blame you for like, for like because this is a little weird, man. It just, it's just a little bit goofy, but I got news for you. The Holy Spirit isn't goofy. God's not goofy. God's not, God's not weird. So don't let that be the excuse for you getting more because someone else is packaging. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. I promise you, they were weird before they had the Holy Spirit. <laughs> promise you. Here's the thing. Here's what I know. We tend to avoid what we're afraid of or what we don't understand. See, so some of you, you have some fears or you're lacking understanding. You're avoiding, the, and this is your barrier. I'm telling you, don't let that be the barrier to you getting more of God. In fact, let me say it to you like this. Everything that God has for you is good and perfect. James chapter one, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. There is nothing that God has for you that is not good or is not perfect and custom fitting for your life. There's nothing God has for you that is not good. All of it, all of it. Remove the barriers, fears, the misunderstandings, the misperceptions, maybe even the barriers of sin that you're allowing to 
keep you from God. Some of you, you're, you're holding on to things in your life and the habits and some things, and, and it's preventing you from going all in because really he doesn't have all of you. And here's what Peter said. Peter said this in, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. He said, repent and be baptized. And that's honestly some, and that's not a bad word, and I don't mean that as a bad word. Repent's a beautiful word. It just means change your mind and direction. That's it. Whoever's, whoever's got a barrier, and you only, only you know the barrier, and I'm not here to be the Holy Spirit for you and say, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not pointing out your sin. I'm saying every one of us need to, need to identify the barrier and change our mind and direction. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And when we do that, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because this promise is for who? It's for you. This promise is for you. Every one of us that needs to repent, that got some barriers and some issues and some strongholds and things, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna remove the barriers today. That's what we're, over the next, today and over the next four weeks, this is one of the things, we gotta remove all the barriers that are preventing us from going all in. Number, number two, we're just gonna request it, man. We're gonna ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're just gonna, we're gonna be bold, man. We're gonna ask it. You say, Pastor Jason, is, that, is it that easy? Yes, it's a gift. Yeah, so my wife hadn't received the, the, the fullness or the baptism of the Holy Spirit in, in her Christian experience, though she was raised in church and stuff, and yeah, she, she's the one that got me saved, and I was two years into it, and the Lord was working in my life, and, and, and I got full with the Holy Spirit, man, and, and he, he did something radical, my, changed me, transformed me radically. I joined the military, and I went to the Navy, and and, and was doing some leading stuff. And I remember one night I called from North Carolina. I was there and uh, doing some training, some battle training. And, and, and one night when I was reading my, my, my Bible, the word of God came to me, spoke in my head. It has only happened a few times, but I heard the voice of God tell me to go and to preach to some Marines in a barracks. And I went, preached to them. And I didn't go there and just preach. I went and waited and God just set something up. It was, just, it was amazing. A whole bunch of them got saved. And I actually went back to my barracks in my, my room, and I called my wife, and I'm like, honey, you won't believe what happened. And I'm telling her, I'm like, dude, I heard God. Like, why I was reading? Heard him, and I went, and sure enough, they were, like, hungry, and they asked me questions. They don't know me. They're asking me about the Bible. They all got saved. I'm telling her this story, and she goes, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I'm like, and she was just being playful, but she's like, I've been like, I've been going to church my whole life, and you were just on drugs and drinking and doing stupid stuff. Like, how in the world? It's just not there. How come you get to experience this? And and then the Lord just started moving. And me and I told her, I said, I said, honey, this is you can have this. And I told her just what I'm telling you today, this point. This is a gift. You don't work for this. You don't fight for this. You don't have to tarry for this and pressure. No, no, no. This is a gift that God has given you like a present. All you got to do is unwrap that thing and receive. And she hung up. She just hung up in the middle of me talking. I was like, dang, that was rude. But I knew what was happening in that moment. Like I sensed it like God was moving. And sure enough, God hit her right there. She hung up the phone and she got full with the Holy Spirit. And her life has been changed dramatically ever since as well. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Look what it says. Jesus says, if you then, though you are evil... And he don't play, right? Jesus is like, look, comparatively, you suck, all right, compared to me, right? Y'all evil. You ain't, you ain't good. <laughs> Though you are evil, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who are perfect? No, 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 that's not what I said, right? To those who go to church and don't miss a Sunday, to those who memorize their Bible, to those who, to those who, no, no. It's simply to those who ask. That's it. That's all, he, that, that's all it was. That's all the prerequisite. 
So here's my encouragement to you today. Covet the gifts of God, all of them, and ask for them. Like, I ask for all the spiritual gifts, and I'm going to show you this. I'm going to teach you about spiritual gifts and how the Holy Spirit is the giver of gifts and what are the gifts. And, but I covet, I covet all of them. I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he has put in my life. We need more. We need less goofiness and more power. Amen, somebody? Okay, so we're going to request. We're going to request the gift. And then number three, write this down. We're going to receive him by faith. We're going to receive the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Not because we worked at it, not because we've been like, we read the right verses, not because we did the right motion. We're going to receive the Holy Spirit by faith. I told you guys last week, if you were here, about this vision that God gave the prophet Ezekiel, and I wanted to show it to you actually in this message today. And Ezekiel chapter 47 transcribes a vision that of the river of life, the river of God that he was given him. Look at this. It says, as the man went eastward he, with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. And I would submit to you, that's salvation. So you're in it, like you're wet. You're going to heaven, but you're not immersed in God. Like you're, you're wet, you're in there, you're, you got it, you're going to heaven, but, but you got enough of him to go to heaven. You just got, you got wet. You're not immersed. He measured off another, check this out. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. And for some of you, that is like where you go, okay, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to go to a group. I'm going to actually get in community and, and, and I'm going to actually share. Uh, I'm going to serve on a team and I'm, I'm going to not just come every now and then to church, but I'm going to make this whole church life thing, this whole Christian life thing and faith, I'm going to make that my lifestyle, not just something I do occasionally, but I'm just going to, I'm going to do this thing, man. And that's where like, what I would say is like, is like knee deep. And then look at this, look at this. Someone say, there's more, there's more. He measured off another thousand and led me through waters that was up to the waist. Now, if anyone ever been up in a river up to your waist, you know that the current's pulling you now. And it's pulling you in a direction that you're not even really wanting to go. And so what you have to do when you're in a, when you're in a river and you're waist deep, you have, to take a, you have to take a posture, a stance. And this is where a lot of you are in your Christianity, in your faith, in your walk with Jesus. You've got this posture. You feel the, Holy, you feel the, the river of God, the living water. You feel the Holy Spirit tugging you, but you still got to be in control. You need to maintain so you got this posture. Although, although you, you know that God wants to, let me give you an example. You know like, like there's some things that you need to share that you never share with anyone and you'll even feel the moments where you could have shared them and should share them and you feel the tug of the spirit, but you're like, no, 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 brace, brace. No, nope, it's pulling and you don't want to go because you need to be in control and you're afraid of what's going to happen if you let the river take over. Or some of you, like even the way that you worship. <laughs> Psalm 134 says, lift, lift your hands in the sanctuary. And make a joyful noise, right? And some of you, like all throughout the Psalms, it tells us how to worship. It's like, it's like a how-to God likes worship. All throughout the singing and dancing and shouting and hands lifted and stuff. And so some of you are like, yeah, I know it's what it says, but that's just not how I, that's just not how I do it. That's just not me. It's not my personality. So in worship, you're like, you're like you're, this is what you do. You lean on the seat in front of you. Because you know what I mean? Thank God the seat's in front of me. Because I don't know. Well, I'm not going to be an idiot. Put my hands on my side. What kind of idiot does that in a worship? I don't want to do this, you know what I mean? And just kind of act like, so I'm just going to. And you know, you know what God's word says. And you feel the current. Listen to me. And you feel the current. You feel it. You feel it. But you got, you, you've got this posture inside of you, this spirit. I was like, no, no, no. Brace. Don't let it take you. 
don't, don't, let it, don't let it take you. Don't give that. Don't, don't, don't give that. It's, it's not, and so I'm telling you right now, listen to me, there is more. And some of us have entrenched ourselves and you're never going to see the best things of God, what is in the depths of the river, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't give up your control and your need to control. Come on, somebody say there is more. Okay, here it is. He measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. See, a lot of people, they want to get, they want to go in the river where they want to keep their toe on the bank. You, you want just enough of God to get wet, just enough of God to go to heaven. And there is so much more available for you that, that, that you don't have to strive so hard. You know, this, this, it didn't have to be so hard that something could be moving you that's outside of your power and your control. Something could be moving you in the current and the river and the, he could guide and direct and teach and, and, and we're gonna study all these things. He, like he, the river can trust God, trust the river, trust his leading if you would just stop bracing yourself against the current. And for... Almost nine years, for almost nine years, I've been giving you the same challenge, and I want to give it to you. Some of you need to receive this challenge, okay? The challenge is this. Go all in and give God one year of your life. One year. So many people have taken me up on this challenge, and, and, and their one year is in year two, three, four, five, and six, because they know the difference it's made. Here's, here's the challenge. Like, just go all, some of you, because you're, you're nickel, Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, whatever it is. But, but what would it look like? What would it look like if you actually just made this your life? Like you just went all in, whatever the Bible says, whatever God wants, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do his plan in his way. See, what I've noticed about church and Christianity is that there's a lot of people who go to church that don't actually believe the stuff that's in the Bible. I, one year to just believe it, do it practice it, make it your life. If there's like, like during the 21 days of prayer thing, pray, pray, give, give, pray the prayers I'm gonna give you. I'm starting with the prayer of Jabez, by the way, next week, all right? Pray the prayers, do it, man. If there's groups, go to those groups. What would it look like if you actually went to the groups and just committed to those things, didn't just step in and like opened up to people and built some friendships? And what if you worship God, like Psalm says to worship God instead of doing your whole leaning on the chair thing and not singing and not doing it? What if you actually like just let the current take you and lifted your hands and made a joyful noise and didn't care about what people were doing or saying or thinking, but you just worship God the way that he wants to be worshiped? And what would it look like if you got on a team, you, you started serving and blessing people and making a difference? I'll tell you what it looks like. It would look a lot different than what you're doing now. It would look a lot better than your, your life under your control and your life under God's control. Here, that, that vision continues. Let me show you what it looked like for him. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9. It said, swarms of living creatures will live there where the river is flowing. There will be large numbers of fish, which, which is a picture of multiplication in every area of your life, exponential multiplication in every area. Because I'm telling you, the, the, the living things are in the depths. The living things, they're in the deep water. Because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh, so where the river flows, everything will live. Hey, I been a pastor for a long time, and I've talked to a lot of people, counseled a lot of people, mentored a lot of people, 
And I don't mean to oversimplify your situations, but I promise you that I'm not going to even put a percentage on it. I would, but there's more often than not, the people that come in with their marriage problems, their struggles, and their challenges, and their this and that, that this right here is the solution. Just let go of control and get into the river. You're in this situation you're in because you made it, a mess of it, because you're not supposed to be in control. And if you just, like, run the play, run the play of the Bible, what God calls a disciple to be and do, do that. Okay, I'm going to give it 95% of the time. There you go. 95% of the time. That would take care of all the problems. That would take care of the issue that you're having in your marriage. If you just were the husband that God called you to be and did what God called you to be, you wouldn't have this struggle. If you were just the wife that God called, and I know it's hard to do that. I know it's hard to love sacrificially. I know it's hard to win your husband by quiet submission. I know it is. You don't like that, but it's in the Bible, and if you actually tried that, it might work. Y'all don't like it, though. You don't like it. You'd rather, because you like church, you just don't believe the Bible. You like it. You like this. And this feels good. You like the, hey, it helps me, it builds me, make my life better. But will you actually believe this? Will you, will you try it for one year? Some of you need to write this date down. Write it down. Write this date down in the notes right now. God, okay, one year. I'm just letting you, I'm letting you take it. I'm letting you take over, okay? Here's the last point. They already put it up for me. Number four, number four, is relate to him daily. We're gonna relate to the Holy Spirit like every day. And I'm inviting you to do what hundreds of people here at Discovery have already experienced. Make the Holy Spirit your friend. Don't check out on me yet because we're going to respond to the word in just a moment, okay? Remember three years, the disciples were with Jesus for three years. And he tells them, don't go anywhere. You would think they would be equipped after three years, but no, Peter couldn't even share Jesus with a little girl. He couldn't even tell this little girl that he was a follower of Jesus. In the the night that Jesus needed him most, he betrayed him. And then 50 days later, at the day of Pentecost, 50 days later, Peter's standing up preaching to 3,000 people. What happened? What changed from him being a coward, can't even share his faith to a little girl, to him boldly preaching Jesus who was crucified 50 days later? Only one thing changed. Only one thing. Acts chapter 2 happened. And he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He, had, he was a spirit-empowered believer. Let me say it this way. You guys, after your salvation, nothing will change your life more than being filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing, nothing you can do, no class you can take, no, no discipline, no habit, nothing you can do can change your life more after salvation than being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can have, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 14, you can have this, the amazing grace of the master of Jesus Christ. That's salvation, you guys. You can have that. It's yours. It's free. The extravagant love of God. That's reconciliation. That Bible word just means that Jesus has restored relationship between you and the Father. You can have salvation, reconciliation, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit to be with all of you. That's sanctification. That that it's the Holy Spirit's work to set you apart, to sanctify you. And I'm inviting you today to more. I'm inviting you today to go on a journey for the next four weeks and this 21 days of prayer as well to be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. Can I pray with you? And then we're gonna, we're gonna worship God. But can I pray with you for just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed? Oh God, I thank you. Some of you are here today and, and, and you feel the tug, you feel the river, but you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. You, you haven't even gotten wet yet. You've been afraid of that water. You've been afraid to really jump in and give him control of your life. And, and you, you're, you might leave here carrying the weight of your sin still and still have shame and there is no reason why you should do that. You should not leave this place and feeling the guilt or the shame of your past because Jesus took it for you. He nailed it to the cross. He took upon your, your penalty of sin so that you didn't have to owe it. And the only thing that he asks us to do is put our faith in him. The Bible says that if we believe, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. You can get a fresh start right here, right now. You can get that indwelling thing of the Holy Spirit. He can be in you and move you and start to move you. That can happen right now. Some of you need it for the very first time. Others of you need to do it again. And I'd love to pray for you that this would be the day of your fresh start, the day of a new beginning, the first day of the rest of your life. With every head bowed and eye closed, I'm not gonna have you come up to the front or single you out, but right where you are, I'd love to, I'd love to just pray with you. If that's you and you're ready to give way to the current, to, to jump in, man, jump into the water the living water.